Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, January 18th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down this uh, month, uh, not Monday, Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, and it is a, a busy Thursday as usual, and we are much looking forward to that. I just have to make a little change here. Yes, Twitter handleless, as you can now see uh, on the uh, screen, because I don't have a Twitter account anymore or an X account. And uh, it has been a, um, I don't know even know what to say. I'm lost for words at this point with what's gone on the last four days uh, with that godforsaken fucking social media platform known as Twitter uh, slash X. Uh, first of all, someone hacks into the original account, changes the password and email. I can't get in. Uh, I'm trying to get that restored. And in the meantime, I set up a brand new account at Bobano Betting, which we've been mentioning here the last few days. And then all of a sudden last night, right before I go to bed, I log into it one more time and I see your account's been suspended. It's violated Twitter X rules. So I've got to then it redirects me. You can, I can't post. I can't, you know, like anything, any of that shit. So I've got to send a form in to try to get the account reinstated. And then I wake up this morning and they say they can't reinstate the account. Say you violated the rules. There is no getting this back. It will not be restored at any point. You know, and uh, that was that. So here I am waiting for the original account to be restored, hopefully, and regain control of that. In the meantime, Bobano betting is dead. Uh, it lasted with what, two, three days of life. Uh, and it's a uh, bit the dust. So here we are without uh, Twitter X, although you will be able, I will be still active on the platform and I will be uh, posting everything, uh, in terms of my personal subscription service, all those promotions and that my own personal opinions, I will be posting them from the ice guys, uh, Twitter slash X account for now. And every time I make a post on there, just we differentiate the, just the regular uh, posts for the ice guys and my own, I'll have Ian in brackets uh, at the end of each post. So, you know, it's me personally uh, putting that one up there. So that's the, that's where we're at with that. I'm sick of talking about it. Alex, how are things with you today? Uh, good. I mean, it's just, it's very distressing, obviously with, with what's going on with your account. And I, I feel really bad for you and hopefully we can uh, figure out all that out, get to the bottom of it and, and rectify it as soon as possible. But uh, you know, we got a great card today, some some games that I really like, and uh, you know, looking forward to breaking it down with you. Yeah, no doubt. We're looking forward to it for sure. I mean, briefly last night we had two games. I mean, they were in a tough spot. I know there were people belly aching on uh, social media about the job that the the TNT crew did doing the game. I mean, do you really want them to do just standard play by play? I mean, Liam McHugh said it. He's never done play by play before. You're going to have Biz or Ace or Hank doing play by play? Probably not. I mean, what else did you want them to do? I mean, I couldn't believe the complaining last night. Oh, you know, your chatter throughout the whole game is, you know, not what we wanted. You know, they're in a tough spot, okay? They're supposed to have the Chicago-Buffalo game last night, uh, but it gets postponed to tonight. So the TNT crew, which was supposed to be Brendan Burke, Darren Pang, and Jen Botterill, they were all in Buffalo already. So there's no way they're getting to Florida and Detroit uh, for that game. They're snowed in. And it just came, but well, we're going to show Florida, Detroit, but rather than just pick up the local, they could have made that decision. I get it. They could have picked up the Detroit feed or the Florida feed, but they chose, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's have uh, Liam McHugh, Paul Bissonette, Anson Carter, and, and Henrik Lundquist 
um, you know, to call the game from the studio. And yeah, it wasn't your standard play-by-play of, oh, he gets the puck in, battle in the corner, that kind of thing. I enjoyed it still. It was good banter, good discussion from the four of them during the game. I had no complaints uh, at all. Um, you know, and they were in a tough spot, so I'm cutting them some slack. I'm not, I'm not in the complain mode when it comes to that, in my opinion. They're in a tough spot. They're on the fly. They had to change and pivot and do that. So uh, I have no problem with it. Credit to Detroit. What a great win for them in that game, too. 3-2 in overtime. They beat the Florida Panthers. And Alex Lyon, with a terrific performance, goes back to Florida and beats his old team. And the best bet, a rare player prop best bet for me, hits Lyon over 30-and-a-half saves last night. So good to see that cash in. And uh, good to see one of the two uh, games go to a draw, because I did sprinkle on both of those. We nearly got the draw in the other game, uh, too, with Montreal and New Jersey. Uh, but Montreal with a 3-2 to two win in New Jersey. and I think that's going to be the last time I consider looking at the Devils as a bigger home favorite because we've seen them just shit the bed against some pretty good uh, weaker teams this year. Anaheim, Columbus, San Jose, Montreal, uh, among others, have all beaten New Jersey uh, at in the Rock this year. So it's not exactly what you want to see, but credit to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And a dog night last night in the NHL as the Canadiens and the Red Wings both cash as pretty healthy uh, plus-price underdogs. Uh, in those two games uh, last night, Alex. So dog night on, uh, last night on Wednesday. Yeah, you know, and it's always tough when you got, uh, you know, it's a two-game slate. You have to kind of make your choices and kind of roll with certain things. Unfortunately, I only ha- really had one draw that I liked out of the two, and it was the one that fell short with that New Jersey-Montreal uh, spot. Nico Dawes just completely misplaying a pocket and not seeing it and ended up uh, being the eventual game winner there. But like I said, yeah, I don't understand why people were complaining too much about uh, with the Detroit, Florida, like I said, set up. We, we, it's funny. We talked about it literally between us when we got off air. We said, wow, that'd be pretty cool if they did something where they incorporated the TNT studio feed. And then I think it was like 15 minutes later, the tweet goes out that they're going to be calling the whole game. Now, I didn't think it would have to be a call the whole game scenario. I thought it actually would have been kind of cool to maybe they, you know, pipe in and have them talk. And then they could even, you know, alternate and go between the two announcer feeds of Detroit and Florida give different perspective. They could have made this even more creative, but I like the the whole setup and base of it. TNT thinking outside of the box. This is shit that ESPN would have never in a billion years had ever done. They would have just, you know, piped in the feed from some other network and just, you know, had it at that. So I love the creativity and I don't understand why people are complaining about it. I mean, that game, unless you're a Red Wings or, or a Panthers fan, chances are you probably weren't complaining too much about which uh, announced crew you were going to hear to begin with. So. Yeah, no doubt. And there may not be as much complaining about the announced crew that the Chicago Blackhawks fans are going to hear tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. (laughs) Because of the fact that it was a TNT-exclusive game last night, Brennan Burke and Darren Pang, of course, always do games together on TNT. So they were going to do the game last night. Well, now that game, because it's been moved to tonight, is no longer a TNT game. It's not a national TV game. It's local broadcast now. Chicago's going to have their own broadcast. Buffalo's going to have their own broadcast. But for the local broadcast for Chicago, Chris Vosters, their regular play-by-play guy, is not going to be able to get into Buffalo in time for tonight's game because of the snow. Uh, He can't get into the city. Uh, at this point in time. So what's going to happen is Pang's always, of course, the analyst for Chicago games locally now. So he'll be there. But joining him tonight on NBC Sports Chicago, the Blackhawks broadcast, is Brendan Burke, the guy who was going to do the game with last night on TNT. And it works out well that Burke can stay in Buffalo, call the game with Panger tonight, because there's no Islander game tonight. The Islanders don't play. And, of course, that's the team he's uh, the play TV play-by-play voice for, in addition to his TNT duties. 
So it worked out perfectly that Burke and Pang can just stay there, do the game tonight. But instead of t- doing it for TNT, Alex, we'll be doing it for the locals in Chicago on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. I'm pretty sure I will get a text from my mom this evening saying, hey, they should keep this guy around. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that, that, that's cool. And, and, you know, circumstances, like I said, crazy things happen with weather. We saw, you know, DeAndre Ayton apparently couldn't get out of his house to go play last night for the Portland Trailblazers. And now he had games being postponed with the snow and stuff. So that's cool that, you know, Burke, we've already studied up for the game anyway. So, you know, what's moving in a day later and having him on a, a different network. That'll be a, a pretty interesting thing. And I'm sure, like I said, Hawks fans will definitely notice the difference uh, here in the call of it. Yeah, that's true, Jarek. I just, I, I just realized that now too. You're right. Islanders go to Chicago tomorrow night to play the Blackhawks. <laughs> so so Panger and Burke are going to fly back to Chicago together. No <laughs> doubt about it. That's no funny, question yeah. about it. Except tomorrow night they'll be working on their own broadcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Panger will be back with Vosters. Uh, Burke will be back with uh, uh, probably um, Butch Goring on the Islander broadcast. Uh, I think he does some road games still, and this is not a far travel. Maybe Hickey ticks it, but it'll be one of those two guys anyway for uh, with Burke. Would that be a, would that be a quiet there. flight back home to Chicago, knowing that they've got the opposing uh, team's broadcast on the plane? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. No, no, no game strategy talking on that flight, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no game strategy. Yeah, and it's back to back. Yeah, for Chicago. So it's pretty crazy how that worked out. Uh, incredible. Uh, in terms of just coincidental timing with the uh, schedules from a broadcaster assignment perspective, especially in a pinch like this where things get thrown off a little bit by the postponement. All right, let's get into Thursday's card. We'll start with Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus 135 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. The, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, on their home ice. We've talked about all year where, you know, if you're going to back Tampa Bay, you trust them a little bit more at home where they're 14 and 8 uh, coming into this game tonight on home ice. See if they can improve on that record. They have won three straight here on this homestand, beating L.A., New Jersey, uh, and Anaheim. The first two weren't easy, but they get a convincing 5-1 win against Anaheim, the last home game. Uh, Minnesota, they snapped the four-game losing streak after just a debacle. Uh, of a loss against Arizona uh, on Saturday. Uh, good to see this team bounce back on uh, Monday. Martin Luther King Day with a 5 nothing shutout win uh, over the uh, New York Islanders. Very impressive uh, performance. Uh, Eric Sinek had two goals in that game. Uh, you know, uh, we saw uh, Zuccarello get a power play goal. So the, everyone stepped up pretty well for them. Although, admittedly, you know, it was not the greatest of nights for Sorokin. Ken Appleby ended up... Uh, replacing him in net that night and Mark Andre Fleury with the 21 save shutout uh, over the uh, New York Islanders uh, last night as he uh, gets the uh, passing of Patrick Waugh for the uh, all-time wins list. Uh, Great to see that from uh, the flower the other night. So big moment. Now, does that mean a letdown here for Minnesota after a night like that? We'll see. And obviously the uh, step up in competition here in this game, if you look at this head-to-head series uh, between these two teams, I will say this, Minnesota, has had a decent run head-to-head against Tampa, 7-3 and three in the last 10 meetings. Uh, now, Tampa's won the last two times they've hosted Minnesota. Minnesota's really had the better of it at XL Energy Center. But, you know, you go back before the pandemic, you know, Minnesota had won back-to-back games here in Tampa Bay. So it's one of those weird games. I don't trust Minnesota. I don't want Minnesota. But am I rushing to lay it with Tampa? No. Uh, it'd be draw or pass, and even I don't feel great about that. And I don't feel great about the total either. Uh, Minnesota's not a team I'm looking to rush to the over with, and Tampa's at home not a team I'm looking to rush to the under with. So not a whole lot for me here. What do you think, Alex? Wild Lightning. Yeah, no, this is a pass for me too, but I'll, I'll explain the, the home road dichotomy of the series because, like I said, this is a series 
kind of follow close because of the fact that you've seen a huge discrepancy where the Wild have always won at home, but so has Tampa for the majority of the part. I talked about this before when these two teams played here, the whole story about how Tampa loved the party here. This was kind of one of their cities that they usually always made sure to have an extra day off. I don't think that's the case too much these days, but when Minnesota's in Tampa, it's usually because they're always off of a back-to-back, like most teams. You play Tampa, you play Florida, it usually ends up being a back-to-back sandwich. So that could be the reason why this has been a home-heavy series going back almost 20 years. That being said, if I had to look at something, it would probably be Tampa in-game. Uh, and like I said, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the draw, but this is far from even being my favorite draw play. So more than likely, this will end up being uh, completely off my card. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, there's just uh, there's not a lot there's not a lot of changes in the lineup either, and that means from a prop standpoint, not as great a game to be uh, betting on right now at this point in time. Uh, you know, other than maybe you look at Nick Paul, who's on the second line again, and that's always interesting to me. I think for Minnesota, Hartman's been good, but he's been bumped down a little bit to the third line. Rossi on the first line got probably some value here right now. It is worth noting, Alex, Minnesota's getting healthy finally, which is good to yeah. see. Very good to see. Kirill Kaprizov's been back now for a couple of games. Jonas Brodeen, one of their best two defensemen, is finally healthy again. He returned the other night. The only one they're missing really right now of, of impact uh, is Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. Uh, on the blue line. Everyone else pretty much other than that is healthy. So Minnesota, you know, maybe they're because they went through the struggles. They were banged up beyond belief uh, during this rough patch. Maybe there's some value now as they get healthy and they get that win to snap the losing streak the other night. But I don't trust them still going yeah. into Tampa Bay. Um, if I had to, I'd lean Minnesota, but I don't feel good enough. And the value, or, or, or at least the, the the value that we can get from Minnesota moving forward as they get healthier is going to just be on defense. So we could probably start maybe actually betting some of these unders once they get that blue line healthy. Kirill Kaprizov has been virtually invisible all year, even when he's healthy. Okay, Outside of a, of a brief stretch, I think like late October, uh, we haven't been talking about him too much for good reason. So this is just kind of lending more to what you said at the very beginning when they brought John Hines in. John Hines in. That, that we would see the John Hines effect, and it's fully taking place now. Once you get a healthy uh, blue line and Flurry now playing in some decent form too, you know, going coming off of the record, those unders, I, I think that's something we definitely will have to start hitting at six and a half. You know, we don't like playing unders, but we might have to start digging into them a little deeper because that's the only thing that's strong about this wild team now is they're back in. Yeah, no doubt, uh, and no question. A big rest advantage, too. You're right, Rich, for uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Hagel, three goals, two assists in the uh, last uh, few games for uh, Tampa Bay. So he'd be someone that maybe I'm interested in. Three goals, two assists, five points the last five games for uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, definitely uh, good to keep that in mind. He's definitely been uh, clicking offensively lately for the uh, Lightning. All right, St. Louis, Washington. We've got the uh, Capitals minus 115, slight home favorites. Five, five and a half the total. How about this? As far as the total is concerned, you always have to, whoa, you know, kind of like take a step back when you see uh, the to- uh, any game with a total of five and a half these days. The question is, is it warranted here between uh, the Blues and the Capitals? Well, we did see Washington in a very dull, low-scoring type of affair, and they have gone under in four straight, uh, the Washington Capitals. Four straight unders starting with their loss to Seattle, 4-1, beat the Rangers 3-2 at home. They lose to the Rangers 2-1 in the rematch on Sunday. And then the 2-0 shutout win against Anaheim uh, the other night. So four straight uh, unders for this Capitals team. Uh, The Blues, you know, have been a little bit more toward over the last three, two overs, one push. Uh, But they did go with uh, uh, six straight unders before that, head-to-head. Three straight overs, actually, with the Blues and the Capitals, 5-2, 5-4, 5-2 in the uh, last few head-to-head games. Your goaltending matchup tonight is Jordan Binnington for uh, St. Louis. 
Uh, and Charlie Lindgren for uh, Washington, who as we've talked about most of the season, he's outplayed uh, his um, uh, battery mate, uh, Darcy Kemper for much of the season, 2.24 goals against average, 929 save percentage. Uh, he has allowed uh, two goals or less in uh, four straight starts for him coming into this game tonight. So you can't understand with the goaltending success of uh, Lindgren lately, why this total might be a little bit lower. That being said, if you look at the Bennington prior to giving up four to Boston uh, in the loss on the weekend, uh, Bennington had given up two goals or less in four straight starts before that. So, Really interesting to see how this one goes. Uh, I'm pumping the brakes on fading Washington. I tried it last night, uh, last game with Anaheim, didn't work. I don't feel good, uh, confident enough in the Blues right now. to. I, I want to fade Washington, I do. I just don't know if this is the right opponent or the right spot to do so. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. I'm, this is another one. I hate to do this because I'm, and I rarely do this where I, I'm coming into the card and I have very little opinion on the first two games, but it's kind of the way I, I feel here about these two games. It's a mild lean to the draw and that's about it. What do you think here, Alex? St. Louis, Washington. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. We don't have to bet every single game, you know, so and, and this spot now, ironically, I like this spot. And I like Washington in the spot. There's a team I haven't liked all year. They're not a good team, but this particular spot, I like Washington. You're laying a short price. Jarek Rubel mentioned in the chat, they're still the last team you have yet to lose as a home favorite. They're 7-0 in that spot. St. Louis has dominated in this series. They've won four straight and six of the last seven. But if you look at those numbers, those are all different starters in that. Jordan Bennington has only played one game against Washington. So it's not like, oh, this is a Jordan Bennington runs hot against Washington kind of an angle. Is is that St. Louis has found ways to beat them, and they've done it with other goaltenders. I'm not sold on Bennington, and you have Charlie Lindgren, who the resurgence that we saw from him and the reason why he's even in Washington playing as well as he is right now, that started when he was in the St. Louis organization playing with Springfield in the AHL. He had a tremendous run there, and that's what kind of got him back into the fold of being an NHL goaltender. I think he steps up against his old franchise and uh, gets a win here. So give me the caps, minus $1.15. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the draw as well. All right, there you go. Capitals and the draw. Now, the draw I might get involved with because I do think this is going to be a close game. And we did see uh, in a recent head-to-head -head meeting a 5-4 shootout game last year uh, in November. It was in St. Louis, not in Washington, but we did see one of the two meetings last year go uh, beyond regulation. Uh, as far as props go for this game, now, even though I don't love a side or total, uh, other than a, a small sprinkle on the draw, doesn't mean I don't like props. Won't you be my neighbor? Jake Neighbors is on the top line tonight. I think there's good value with Thomas and Buchnevich uh, on that top line for the Blues. We know Kairou's been a different player uh, since he's been um, with this, uh, since the coaching change and Drew Bannister took over. But the one that really stands out is why not uh, TJ Oshie here tonight against his old team? Why not the team he started his career with, the St. Louis Blues? Uh, it just makes perfect sense. And we talked about how TJ Oshie, you know, initially when he returned from that injury, pretty quiet you know, in terms of production, but heating up now points in three straight games for TJ, uh, two goals in the last three games as well uh, for TJ Oshie. So it uh, makes all the more sense in the world. He started to play most of his career still, in fact, with actually, I shouldn't say most anymore. He's had more years with Washington, way more years with Washington, but he did. He had five seasons with uh, St. Louis. That was way back when Kenny Hitchcock, uh, Captain Kangaroo, as we called him, Mr. Green Gene. You know, Captain Kangaroo there is because he looks just like him, Ken Hitchcock. That's way back when he was coaching of the Blues. Now Hall of Famer, uh, Ken Hitchcock. We have to get it right. Give that man the due he deserves. But, uh, yeah, that's how long ago it was when uh, T.J. Oshie was a member of the uh, St. Louis Blues. But, uh, yeah, I definitely like Oshie props here uh, in this one. 
Sun, uh, someone liking uh, Sunquist juices here. Oscar Sunquist uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. I don't mind that. We'll see. Uh, but uh, definitely TJ Oshie, no doubt. Colorado, Boston. We've got uh, the Bruins minus 150 here, home favorites. Uh, the total six and a half shaded to the under in this game. Um, you know, on the surface, this looks like, um, wow, you're giving Colorado this kind of price, albeit it's a Colorado team that on the road has been a little bit flighty. You know, and we've already seen signs of that on this three-game road trip so far. You know, the Toronto game, they got that bad start, and they came back, a Leaf team that, as we know, are blowing leads left and right at the moment. Uh, then they had the loss 4-3 at Montreal, and they played an Ottawa team that, look, Ottawa's blowing leads left and right. So the two wins were against teams that are completely inept defensively protecting a lead right now. So how much credit can we give Colorado at this point in time for the Toronto and Ottawa wins with the Montreal loss sandwiched in between? This will be a tougher task here taking on this Bruins team. Remember, this is a rematch. These teams just played earlier uh, in the uh, month, uh, just 10 days ago in Denver, a 4-3 shootout win uh, for the Colorado Avalanche uh, in that game. So we'll see if uh, Colorado can uh, get the job done here. It's, I guess, a rapid revenge, if you will. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, but rapid revenge didn't work for Arizona the other night against Calgary. So be careful uh, with that angle. Um, we'll see for Boston. They've won two in a row after a three-game losing streak. Uh, they win the final game of that four-game road trip, salvage one win on that trip with a 4-3 overtime win against St. Louis, and then they return home and they shut out the New Jersey Devils 3-0. Uh, so we'll see if uh, the uh, uh, Bruins can uh, build on that. Uh, here tonight as they take on this uh, Colorado Avalanche team as the road trip continues for them. Looks like tonight for goaltending, we saw Eustace Onanen get the start against Ottawa on the back-to-back, but back to Alexander Georgiev here tonight for Colorado, and Jeremy Swayman will get the start for Boston. Still very much a depleted team a bit, Colorado, although not nearly as bad tonight. Byram's been out for a while, and uh, we know Lekkanen and Landeskog have been out for a while. Big Val Nachushkin remains the main uh, recent absence for them uh, but as we saw against Ottawa seven goals without him so uh, don't they can still score without him they, but they will miss him against better teams and you still have to consider Boston a better team even though they've been a bit inconsistent lately you know Boston Potra's day-to-day they're with, without uh, Carlo and Forbert uh, two of their defensemen uh, on the uh, blue line so uh, we'll see how that one goes this one I just like the draw this is one of my better draws of the night here Colorado and Boston why not we saw a uh, shootout in Denver uh, between these two teams just 10 days ago uh, you look at Boston they're an overtime shootout magnet right now four of the last five games for the Bruins have gone past regulation um, Colorado not they haven't had a road overtime game yet on this road trip but the Toronto game nearly was uh, an OT game. The Montreal loss was very close to getting to overtime in that game. So uh, I think there's a possibility here that we see uh, this game go past regulation. So I definitely like the draw in this game. Uh, and as far as the uh, total goes in this game, look, for the last five meetings between the Bruins and the Avs have hit at least six goals. Uh, and we've seen 4-3, 5-1, 5-1, 4-3. I was expecting this total to be 6, but it looks like it's pretty much 6.5 across the board. At 6, I really like the over. I still think it's worth a small bet at 6.5. It's tough to bet Colorado under right now uh, with the way they're playing. They're, they're still scoring even without Big Val, and they're goaltending in, from Georgiev in that defensive play. It's not exactly shutting it down right now. 5 to Toronto, 4 to Montreal. Even in the win against Ottawa, Alex, 4 goals allowed. So, 
It's not a team I'm comfortable betting under with right now, Colorado. What do you think here, Alex? Avs, Bruins. Yes, I like the first period over. I got that minus a dollar thirty. I also do like the draw. Like I said, this is a, a better draw play. Uh, but full game, like I said, I think this we could see because we've seen higher scoring, and like I said, and looking toward the draw, I think we see this game kind of taper down a little bit. So I'd be, I'd definitely kind of stay away from six and a half. Maybe if you can get a six, I know MGM's one that will kind of uh, fall on a flat number lie. So maybe a six at plus money early in the contest, you could try and grab. And roll with that, but six and a half is a little bit dicey, especially if you're laying a price pregame. Uh, I, I think we could see this slow down. So I'll, I'll be on the first period over. I might even try to look for a full game under if we see this go like 2 2 after 20. Also, with that being said, I like both teams to score in the first period plus 160. That's a good one. Uh, that That is that both teams to score in the first period, I think, is a pretty uh, solid way to go about it. Could see the uh, both teams connect uh, and find the back of the net early in the game. Uh, for me, as far as props, Jonathan Drouin, Logan O'Connor. I'm, I'm sticking to the same names that we have seen since the uh, absence of Nachushkin, where we've seen those uh, sh- that shuffling of the top six from Jared Bednar. Ross Colton's a, an option. Miles Wood is an option. Miles Wood, Ross Colton, Logan O'Connor is their second line right now. So take your pick. Any of those three guys, I think, have good value as far as their props tonight uh, in this game. And, of course, you've got Drouin still pl- playing on the top unit with Ranton and, and McKinnon. Uh, for the uh, Avalanche. McKinnon, by the way, is just on one of these tears right now. He's just uh, something else when he gets in one of these zones. And uh, Nathan McKinnon's in that type of zone right now for the uh, Avalanche. What he's doing is very impressive. I mean, what can you say? 52 points in 29 games uh, this year for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So uh, very, very impressive. So those are some good props on the Colorado side of the equation. When you look at Boston, on the other hand, and you see their lineup situation, uh, you got Coyle centering the top line with Marshawn and Pasternak, so maybe a Coyle look. Danton Heinen up to the second line with Zaka and DeBrusque, so maybe give Danton Heinen a look as well. Uh, definitely some value here as far as uh, props with those two guys based on their uh, positioning in the lineup tonight. All right, Dallas-Philadelphia. It's the uh, Matty Robinson special. We're going to have to start calling that every time we uh, have a Dallas game here. Dallas minus 135, road favorites, uh, six the total here in this one. Uh, this Philadelphia Flyers team, I'm just beyond so impressed with them, uh, truly, uh, right now. Five wins in their last six games, four straight. A uh, couple of them were close, uh, coin flip games. And look, they were down 3-1 at Minnesota Friday night and came back to win that game. So they could have lost a couple of those games, but they shut out the Winnipeg Jets on a back-to-back with no rest, 2 nothing. Very impressive. And then they beat St. Louis to wrap up that three-game road trip, 4-2. Uh, on Martin Luther King Day. And they actually have two days off coming back from the road for this home game here uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. So we'll see how this one goes. But uh, I'm not stepping in front of Philly right now. I like the vibes with this team right now. And Dallas, that game-to-game trust for them to put their foot on the throat of an opponent is not always there with them. you know, And uh, that's concerning. Now, they have won four of their last five. Back-to-back wins against Chicago on the road, L.A. at home. But L.A. just... You know, basically a team that, you know, the gas tank is empty uh, you're, and the car stops in the middle of the road. That was L.A. in the third period against Dallas the other night. It just stopped. You know, it's just we have nothing left. No gas, no petrol left. We're we're done. We can't move. Uh, that's what it looked like to me, L.A. against Dallas, because they just hit that fucking physical wall at the end of that long road trip the other night against Dallas. And that's when the Stars really started to pull away from that game. Uh, so I'm actually going to take Philly here a little bit. Plus 115, I like it. It's a good price for a team that's playing just rock steady, rock solid, 
defensive structure is in is on point right now. Uh, you've got Sam Harrison in net. Sam Harrison's been very good uh, for this team, no question about that. What's been impressive too is you look at these last couple of games on the roadie for the Philadelphia Flyers to win both of them without Jamie Drysdale, who they just got from Anaheim, and to win both of them without Sean Couturier, who unfortunately uh, is uh, battling injury once again. Uh, it's been very, very impressive uh, to see that uh, and still win both of those games. Now, they are game-time decisions, both of them, uh, for tonight's game against Dallas, so we'll wait and see on that. But I like what I'm seeing, and Dallas has that game-to-game where I don't always have that reliance on them. And another little intangible to keep in the back of your mind here, and it's what I kept in the back of my mind going into this game. These teams played in October, very early in the season, and Philadelphia is going to feel like they should have won that game. Because they went to Dallas, they had themselves a uh, four to three. There was actually a, a yeah, it was a lead going in. Actually, it was they came back, they tied it. Dallas was ahead. They came back, they tied it four four, and then it was a Dallas five four overtime win uh, against the Flyers way back in October. And to me, you know, I think that's going to think we could have beaten this team in Dallas. We can play with them. So I do like Philly here. I'm going to ride the hot team, the streaking team. And I like the draw, definitely, uh, as well here with uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. Flyers are another team that play in a lot of games that are one goal, two goal margins. And again, with them lately, we have seen them kind of trend to overtime as well. Uh, four of the last 10 Dallas start, uh, Philadelphia Flyers games, rather, have gone past regulation. So it's a Flyers and draw split for me here. What do you think, Alex? Stars, Flyers. Yeah, I don't like the draw as much. I like Flyers' uh, side a lot more. And I, we're bucking a trend here because Dallas has dominated Philly. But like you mentioned, you go back, those last few uh, wins that Dallas had before that game in October, we're talking about uh, you know good Dallas teams and really bad Philly teams. And, and you mentioned you know Philly had to fight to come back. They ended up blowing that game uh, past regulation when they played in October. That was definitely a game that they could have won. I remember betting on that because that was right around the time where the first period overtrend started. Uh, with the Dallas Stars. That being said, definitely not betting that pregame right now at $1.20. We can grab this probably around plus 150, plus 160 in game, just like we did with Dallas LA the other night. We got plus 185 on the bat over one and a half. And that's kind of predicated in looking at Philadelphia getting the two goals. I'm not relying on Dallas to give me two goals when I'm looking at, at these first period overs all the time. And I think people are kind of getting caught up with that, that misnomer uh, late in betting that trend, that Dallas is the team now giving up the goals. Yes, Jake Ottinger's back in, but we know, like I said, he's still been shaky. Philly, you know, coming back home off the road trip, they've had a couple of days off. It may not be that shock theory that we always talk about, about first team, uh, you know, back home off a road trip. That's really predicated by only having 24 hours between you leaving that last town to you getting home, doing what you have to do before you get back to the home rink and, and, and playing a game. So that's where that whole theory kind of comes in. When you have two, three days that you've been at home, chances are you'll, you'll probably see the legs be a little bit fresher for that home club. So that being said, I'll take the Flyers as the home dog here. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I like it as far as um, this game here with the uh, Flyers. I like the way they're going uh, right now uh, at both ends of the ice. Uh, and Arison's really picked up his game. Haskinen's still out for Dallas. Keep that in mind. Ottinger in net. Um, he was a lot better against LA. I will say that one goal on 32 shots. That's a good sign for da- for Dallas. But can he continue to build on that? And don't sleep on the way Arison's playing. Arison went to Winnipeg and shut out the Winnipeg Jets on 35 shots. So you've got to give him his due. No question about that. But, um, you know, we'll see how this one plays out. But uh, definitely, I think Philly, the way they're going, the way they're, uh, really been stingy at the defensive end of the ice right now. 
Uh, I'm going to look toward them and the draw. Like I say, I think the both of them uh, have a potential here in this. And then as far as props go, you know, in a game that I don't know if it's going to be high scoring, we'll see. Philadelphia has been an under machine lately, uh, but you look at it with Dallas, uh, certainly Pavelski's heating up. We talk about Marchment and uh, Duchesne and Sagan, that line all the time for Dallas. So you could look in those directions. And then for Philadelphia, uh, going into this game, there's a lot of good. Owen Tippett's rolling. Konechny's been great all year. No question about that. But uh, Owen Tippett in particular lately has been very good. Morgan Frost is starting to step up for the uh, Flyers as well. Uh, Farabee, Cam Atkinson, throw him into the mix. Uh, you know, Cam Atkinson is someone that can be streaky. He finally scored the other night. So definitely uh, a couple of options there for Philadelphia. All right, Montreal, Ottawa. We've got the Senators, minus 180 home favorites, six and a half being the total in this game. You know, I would be on this side more than I am, even though I am on it way more if they weren't on a back-to-back, but I'm still taking the plus the buck 50 with Montreal. How can you lay minus 180 with Ottawa right now? How can you have any sort of faith and confidence in this civ defense of theirs, which just gives up leads uh, like the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, do and uh, gives up, uh, gives up, a, gives up a season like the Dallas Cowboys do. Uh, they're absolutely brutal right now in their own end. Uh, you can't make a case for a team that's defensively a complete and utter disaster right now. Minus 180 uh, in this game. You can't do it. Uh, do I love the back-to-back spot for Montreal? No. Caden Primo and Net. We'll see. Caden Primo has been interesting uh, case study here because he's had some excellent games. He's had some awful games for Montreal. There's been really nothing in between. He's had some brutal games, some good games. And actually, he's had a couple of better ones lately. You know, against Chicago, he played well. Against Philadelphia, he played pretty well, even though they lost to the Flyers. He only gave up two goals. Uh, in uh, regulation slash overtime. Um, so we'll see how he fares here. But uh, yeah, I mean, Montreal to me, plus 150, just based on how wretched Ottawa is in their own end. Uh, you can't look at anything but that right now. But what I like just as much, and if not more, uh, and it's something we hit with the uh, Montreal-Ottawa game, or the Colorado-Ottawa game the other night, full game over and both teams to score first period. Absolutely. T- two of my absolute strongest looks on this entire board tonight. Uh, it's full game over six and a half in this game, as well as the uh, both teams to score in the first period uh, between the uh, Canadians and the Senators. I think Montreal will, you know, the one thing about Ottawa is they can score. Offense hasn't been the problem for them. Uh, I think they can score on Primo first period. I think Montreal chips in because Ottawa just gives up goals, period, first, second, or third period. Uh, and even if Ottawa's leading, don't hesitate to do what we did on the Betcast on Tuesday night. If Ottawa's up, let's say, Four to two, three to two going into the third. You know what to do. Take a damn shot with Montreal and win or lose. That's not a bad bet because this team is just allergic to holding a lead, allergic. And it has been all season and it has not changed one damn bit with Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson, the legend behind the bench. And it didn't even change after two days of practice after beating San Jose to start this homestand. Finally could stay at home, get practice in, and the same old shit happened against Colorado. 4-2 lead disappears, and they lose 7-4. So uh, live bet on Montreal will be worth a look here uh, if uh, Ottawa is ahead uh, going into the third period. So Montreal plus 150, and I'm also going to go with uh, over 6.5 minus 140, which I really like, and both teams to score in the first period at a plus price, which I also really like. Uh, What do you think here, Al? Montreal, Ottawa. Yeah, like I said, that's uh, interesting as a a word uh, to certainly use with Caden Primo. 
inconsistent would be the word I would kind of come to mind with him. But yeah, he's he's been uh, like I said, you know, trying to figure out where he's going to balance out with things. Like I said, it's hard to back him just to say, oh yeah, he's gonna you know stand on his head and, and at plus one fifty, it's a sure bet. You, know, I, I, you don't get that kind of feel. But like I said, Ottawa, you can't trust them laying a price right now. Can't trust them to hold the lead. So it's just a great live game. I'm looking at the first period over live. I want that to drop down to at least 130 before grabbing it. I will be on both teams to score first period pregame. That's at plus 140. Shop around there, maybe a little bit higher or a better price for that. Uh, and then, like I said, hopefully we can get, you know, uh, Habs down 3 2 at the end of 40, and then we can jump all over Montreal just like we did with uh, Colorado. No doubt. Now, Ottawa's own Montreal. I get it. I'm kind of going against some rich series history here, but lopsided series history, but. I don't mind doing it. I think it's uh, you know it's based on a price that my that Ottawa can't be right now minus one eight. You know Montreal's got nineteen wins this season. Ottawa's only got fifteen, and here's Ottawa minus one eighty. You know at home in this game, that's the part that it's hard to, to reconcile. You know that that there's that kind of a gap in the pricing here. And I know Montreal's on a back to back. It's not the greatest spot. By the way, that's a good question. Let me let me bring up the uh, Montreal back-to-back record, what we've seen out of them in these spots. Now, the last time they were in this spot, they lost to Philly, and then on a back-to-back, they lost at home to San Jose. Uh, so, you know, that that's not what you want to see necessarily. But they were also on a road back-to-back. Keep in mind, the last time they were on a road back-to-back, you know, was uh, actually t- t- there was Florida and Tampa. They lost 4-1, and then they had a close one against Tampa. They played pretty close with the lightning on a back-to-back on the road 4-3 but before that they had a back-to-back on the road at minnesota and chicago they lost at minnesota but they won on the back-to-back at chicago uh 5-2 so keep that in mind uh what else did we see we saw at buffalo they won at uh, nashville at home they lost on a back-to-back at columbus they won lost to florida on the back so their back-to-back record to me doesn't look great uh, in my opinion so that's something you have to consider here but I can consider it when I'm when they're not getting this kind of nice price. You know, if Ottawa's if this is closer to that Ottawa in the minus one thirty range, I'm interested uh, in laying off here. But at plus one fifty, I'll grab that. I like the totals more though, as I said, uh, total of six and a half uh, over, and also the uh, both teams to score in the first period uh, going into this one. And then as far as props go, of course we like some props in a game where we think there's going to be some goals uh, for Montreal. Um, Slavkovsky again, why not? He cashed for us last night up on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. Harvey Pennard on the second line and Jake Evans on the second line probably have some value as well. How about this Joshua Wah kid as well? He ends up getting his first NHL goal last night and he's up on the third line now. So if you, if you buy into him, maybe uh, riding the momentum of that, you could go in that direction. For Ottawa, I'm not going to miss the boat with Ridley Gregg tonight uh, on the uh, top line center spot. Not only will I mention it on the show, I will actually bet it tonight. Uh, with uh, Ridley Gregg for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, we won't make that mistake twice. Uh, and Ridley Gregg, again, two goals in his first game at top-line center spot, and still plus 330 at FanDuel. So they've adjusted the price a little bit, but not enough in my opinion. So Ridley Gregg on the second on the top line with Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. Drake Batherson's a good look because he's on fire right now as well. Uh, Matthew Joseph. Uh, is on the uh, second line now tonight for uh, Ottawa. Hasn't scored in four games, but you're going to get value because he's definitely um, playing up the lineup. So that's something I would consider as well, Matthew Joseph. All right, we go to another All-Canadian matchup on this Thursday card. Toronto and Calgary. Leafs minus 135 road favorites, six and a half the total. I'm, I'm backed into a corner here. 
because current form says you got to bet Calgary here uh, as a home underdog in this game. They are playing better. They're finding ways to win. They're actually getting better later in games as opposed to Toronto. You know, Calgary's coming back to win games like like Arizona the other night. Toronto is having the lead in games and then blowing it. You know what I think he can do tonight? Toronto first period, Calgary full game. I think he could really do that. Consider it. I do like Toronto, I think, a little bit puck line in the first period. Why? They had a closed door team meeting yesterday. They had zero practice time. They're trying to get this little blown lead bug ironed out. I don't, I don't, I don't trust them to iron it out, but they're at least talking about it, and, and they're trying to do something about it. But I think the better look is because Calgary, because you just cannot, I cannot trust Toronto for a 60 minutes to lock things down and shut things down uh, until I see it uh, after what I've seen the last four games. But I think in the first period, you are going to get a good Leaf team tonight uh, in this game. And we did see them play their best in the first period the other night against Edmonton. You know, that was their best period in that game. That was the one period they outplayed Edmonton. And really, they were probably carrying the play until Edmonton got on the board. And then it was pretty much Edmonton taken over at that point. Uh, and that's when they uh, came back and won. So uh, I have, I've talked myself into a first period look on Toronto, but based on the recent uh, four straight games of having a lead and then letting it slip uh, in the third period, that's all it's going to be for me uh, is looking at that first period. And I'm, I'm going to skip the money line. I know you can get the money line as cheap as minus 122 with Toronto in the first period, but I'm going to go for that puck line payout. I'm going to go for that minus a half plus 174 uh, at Pinnacle. Uh, with Toronto, uh, first period puck line. I'm also going to go with the first period, both teams to score here. I could see that. Um, the over's tricky, though. And at first period over as well, because Calgary's continues to be pretty good. Now, the Arizona game the other night with Calgary did not go over the total in the first period. But I do think this one probably has that chance to do so. One thing about Toronto is I think there's aggression from their side to get out strong, get out fast. Uh, and they have been getting out to leads quickly. Uh, in these games lately. The Toronto-Colorado game, remember, on the weekend went over in the first period as well. So uh, it's going to be probably a little combination of Toronto first period puck line, Toronto both teams to score first period, uh, and also uh, the Toronto-Calgary um, first period over. I trust all those looks more than anything full game, quite honestly, here tonight. And then as far as goaltending, it's a mark matchup here of Jones and Vladar uh, in net. And I'll say this about Vladar. He's not been as good as Markstrom, and Markstrom's unavailable, it looks like, tonight. Lower body injury. But uh, Vladar was good against Arizona. Like, he's the reason, you know, Arizona couldn't put that game away when they were up 2-0. He gave Calgary the chance to come back. So, but can he play that way again is the question. So, I'm going to go mostly all first periods here. Over first period, both teams first period, leaf puck line first period. Uh, um, Alex, what do you think? And maybe a little draw because it is the Toronto Maple draws after all. What do you think here, Alex? Leafs Flames. Now, say, yeah, you're paying attention to the beginning of the game. I'm waiting for the end of it. I have the draw. This is a draw play that I really like considering the fact you're talking about four of the last six meetings between these two teams yep. going past OT. Uh, I don't trust either one of these teams to do anything in, in the first 60 minutes of play, to be honest. Uh, you know, Goose tried to warn all of us on the backcast about the Maple Leafs and, uh, Unfortunately, we don't. We end up losing with that. Calgary is a team that's just been a disaster piece all year long. They're going with Vladar tonight instead of Wolf. So I'm going with the draw at plus 370 available at FanDuel. Nylander props. Oh, the guy that's had can't find with a telescope on the ice and signing the big money contract. Oh, that's that's brave there, Bailey. 
Uh, that's brave there if you're going to go with uh, Nylander props tonight. I, I wouldn't have that uh, same level of confidence, that's for sure, uh, going into this game. Yeah, this is this is this. I will feel I, I felt a little sick about losing with Toronto the other night. If I lose the puck line on Toronto in the first period tonight, I will not be feel as sick, quite honestly, uh, because it's a good price. It's nothing significant. You know, it's not going to be up there as far as the, uh, the strength of the bet for me on this card tonight. And then I can I can move on with life a lot more easier tonight if Toronto spits the bid again for me. And like I said, the first period is to me the only period I trust them in at the moment. And coming off the team meeting, closed door, they didn't pra- they didn't even practice yesterday. It was just let's sit down, let's talk things out, let's hash it out. What's happening here? How can we stop this crap from happening? You know, like it has for four straight games. But again, this is the Leafs. Can they turn those action, the, the talk and the meeting into action, tangible? action on the ice tonight with their performance that's the question uh, at the end of the day and then as far as props go uh, here uh, tonight in this one uh yeah someone mentioning Nylander from Calgary initially yeah I mean I could uh, he's just not been noticeable enough for me are you going to trust him to be noticeable out there tonight that's the uh, question I mean it's it's almost uh uncanny just the difference in Nylander's um, aggression his impact on the on the play since signing that contract, it's just been a huge difference in it. And we can't say I'm shocked because when you sometimes there's that that feeling that enters your body that, hey, I've played my ass off to get that money. And now kind of like a little exhale period. I'm not going to say he's going to be bad for the rest of the season. That's not going to be the case. Like Nylander's get on a hot streak again. I just like wait, you know, to see it happen, you know, before I'm ready to bet on it to ask. That's just the thought process I'm kind of rolling with here uh, as far as I'm going to this game tonight. You know what I like for Calgary? Uh, Sharon Govich-Coleman combination just continues to be outstanding, you know, as far as putting the uh, puck in the net of the Calgary. So uh, any props right now involving those two guys, uh, Sharon Govich and uh, Coleman, I'd certainly be uh, interested uh, in looking in uh, that direction right there, uh, both Sharon Govich and Coleman uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. I mean, I feel like we're, I feel like we've talked about um, those um, two players for game after game after game uh, for Calgary, but they keep cashing, especially Blake Coleman, uh, game after game as far as the uh, props go. So uh, definitely those two are interest for me with the uh, Calgary Flames uh, going into uh, this uh, matchup tonight, taking on the uh, Leafs. There'll be a lot of Leaf fans, obviously, once again in Calgary. That didn't help them uh, the other night uh, when they took on the uh, Edmonton Oilers. We'll see if it uh, helps them. Uh, here tonight yeah the audio uh, clipping yeah it's been that kind of week we got audio clipping twitter clipping everything's fucking clipping right now uh for years truly so uh it's been uh, disappointing uh no question uh with uh all the crap going on on the uh platform but uh nevertheless uh we roll along uh that should be an interesting game tonight how about seattle and edmonton next up we've got the oilers minus 230 home favorites in this game uh total sitting at uh six and a half uh kraken and oilers uh, this has been a very, very lengthy road trip here for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And how much do they have left in them is the question. That's what you've really got to ask yourself before you decide to do anything with this game. Does Seattle have anything left in the tank? Because this is the final stop for them on this uh, road trip before they finally go home and they face Toronto Sunday night, who will be at the tail end of their current road trip for that game on uh, Sunday night. 
that remains to be seen. And as we know, Edmonton, it's been remarkable, right? Uh, this win streak, it's been uh, absolutely incredible to witness. Uh, it hasn't always been pretty these last few games. They they nearly lost to Chicago. They nearly lost to Montreal. They nearly lost to Toronto because they were down 2 nothing in that game uh, before they came back to beat the Oilers. But 11 wins uh, is 11 wins, uh, a re- franchise record, 11th straight. And that's the key, Alex. Franchise record, 11th straight win for them the other night against Toronto. Why is that significant? Because it means they've got the record already. It means that if they were to lose tonight, if they were to lose tonight, the record would already be set going into this uh, game tonight against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Now, Beneers looks like he's going to miss again. That's unfortunate. You're talking about their top-line center going into this game. It looks like Vince Dunn is going to miss again, and that's unfortunate because that's eight goals, 27 assists, and 35 points uh, out of your lineup. There is some good news. Andre Burakovsky's been upgraded uh, to a game-time decision here for uh, the Seattle Kraken uh, going into this game tonight. So we'll see how this one plays out here. Edmonton's been great. Edmonton's been terrific. There's no question about that. No question during this run. Skinner is going to be in that time. By the way, Evander Kane's a day-to-day right now with this injury. But you look at this schedule for them. I want to point this out. Since right before Christmas, four games on the road, Rangers, San Jose, LA, Anaheim. They won all four. Back home for two games, Ottawa, Philly. Win both games. Go on the road, Chicago, Detroit, Montreal. Two of those went to OT, very close. Then they come back home. They face Toronto. They got all those Leaf fans in the building. And that's a huge win off a road trip. Shut everybody up, get the win, come back, uh, you know, make the home fans happy. Send the Leaf fans that invaded your building in Edmonton the other night home sad. And you get the franchise record 11th straight win in the process. I think this is the night Edmonton hits, has that shitter and clunker, if you ask me. I'm going bold. I'm going bold. Seattle cracking tonight, plus 190 here in this game. I'm taking it. I'm doing it. And we're going back to Joey Decord here tonight uh, in this game for the Seattle Kraken. And he's been remarkable uh, for the last month or so. I know there's still going to be a couple key cogs out, Dunn and Beneers, for this uh, Seattle team. I get it. And I know Edmonton's won 11 in a row. But you're going to give me plus 190 on a team that themselves is 8-2 and two, uh, in their last 10 games. And I know this has been a long road trip. Buffalo, Washington, Columbus, Pittsburgh. Rangers and third game in four nights now going to Edmonton before you get home. I don't think Seattle wants to go home three straight losses to end this trip. I don't think that's something they want. And what has Joey Decord said in all the interviews we've heard from him lately? They are a fucking hard ass work ethic team. And they actually said their work ethic slipped a little bit. I heard read some of the things the other night after the loss to the Rangers. They didn't think they had enough gas in the tank to work at it. I think they bring the work ethic tonight. And if they do, they're in this game, and they've got a shot at the upset, and they got a shot at snapping this 11-game win streak for the Edmonton Oilers. I know it's tough to step in front of Edmonton. I get it, totally. But you're going to give me plus 190 with Seattle, and Edmonton's just laying a price now. It's a little too lofty for me. Seattle, plus 190. We're going bold, baby, and we're taking the Kraken here tonight to end the Edmonton win streak. What do you think here, Alex? Kraken, Oilers. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the, the the adjustments in the lineup for Seattle have been reflected in the price. That's why this is plus 190. Otherwise, we're talking about probably plus 130, plus 140, in which that case, there's no way you can take Seattle. 
So I, I understand you, you're grabbing the value there. But I, I, the only thing I can look at here is shop around for the best price. I was able to get minus 136 at FanDuel. I'm going Edmonton team total over three and a half. Uh, you know, I, I get it. Yeah, you know, Seattle doesn't want to end this road trip, you know, with uh, a, a bad division loss. But I think what we're going to get here is goals, plenty of goals. So I like the over six and a half. I got even money at Bet Online. Uh, I would also look at both teams to score in the first period as well. I think we see some action back and forth. But uh, staying away from a side, like I said, it's hard to, to run in front of Edmonton. And also running in front of the Seattle team right now or backing the Seattle team with the injuries that they have. I just can't do it even with that high of a price. So staying off of the side, I don't even like a draw here in this. In this. I'm just going with Edmonton team total over three and a half. Yeah, Edmonton's won four straight, but uh, the last game was an overtime win uh, against Seattle. Uh, Edmonton's won. Edmonton's played very well uh, in Seattle. But uh, Seattle's most recent win against Edmonton came here in Edmonton last year in January. Yeah, Yamamoto for sure. Have to bet Yamamoto props, no doubt, against his old team. Uh, it's worth a look. Now, I know he's on the fourth line with John Hayden and Tyke Archier, so he doesn't really get the uh, uh, minutes that some others get. But, uh, you know, the angle makes sense. Uh, other than that, for Seattle, uh, Tatar on the top line with McCann and Eberle. Schwartz, I've mentioned before. Uh, you can look in those two directions. I mean, for Edmonton, Ryan McLeod, who got the game winner the other night, I think he continues to have some prop value. Vogel is on the second line uh, for Edmonton, so you could look in that direction as well. So those would be a couple I would consider here in this one as well. But yeah, sometimes I, I and sometimes I don't normally bet and cap games based on gut feel, but there is a little gut feel to this to me that you know they got the record. And it was against Toronto when all the Leaf fans were invading that uh, Rogers uh, place uh, the other night uh, in Edmonton. And uh, this could be the spot where you see Edmonton kind of spit the bit here. Not play terrible, not get blown out, but lose. And Seattle, I think, wants to, even though they're a bit banged up, there might be a little mini little illness bug running through the team. That is concerning, but that's all factored into the line. We're betting prices, not teams. And that's what I'm looking at here. Seattle at the price being offered. Uh, All right, next up, we've got Nashville and L.A. We've got the Kings minus 145, home favorites, six the total here in this game. Should be an interesting matchup here. Brutal spot, I think, for L.A., just on paper, when you think of the fact that it's been such a long-ass road trip for them. And I know they didn't have any gas in the tank at the end of that Dallas game, but that's six games from January 17th to 16th. And if you actually count up the days, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's six games in ten days. This is going to be their seventh game in 12 days. That's brutal. With travel in between each game, that's absolutely tough. There's no question. Washington, Tampa, Florida, Detroit, Carolina changed time zones, one over to the Central against Dallas, and now back home in the Pacific time uh, Pacific time zone. Seventh game in 12 days. That is tough. That is really, really tough. Seventh game in 12 days. That is just uh, with travel, and now you're back home for that first game after all that travel. So you talk about a vulnerable home favorite. It's the Kings, and it's a Kings team that's not been in good form for a very long time now. One uh, and nine for the L.A. Kings in their last 10 games. The only win was at Carolina in a game where fucking anti-Ronta was brutal uh, in that game against the uh, Hurricanes. So, uh, you know, that's the problem right now with L.A. They're one and nine. They haven't been as good at home. They're seven and 12 on home ice, and they're coming off this kind of um, this kind of absolutely brutal uh, home stand, uh, road trip uh, in terms of travel and in terms of the results on the road trip. Brutal in two different ways. And then on the flip side, you've got Nashville. 
who of course lost at Vegas four to one, but they've had two full days off, get to LA, you know, they've been there for a couple days. They had one back to back to the Islanders and the stars before that. And if you actually look at head to head Nashville, five and two in the last seven meetings versus the LA Kings, uh, including a two, one shootout win here in LA last March uh, between uh, these two teams. So, We'll see how it goes here, but uh, schedule-wise, current form-wise, I'm not laying a price with L.A. in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Predators, King. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it's a, a brutal spot for L.A., and we've been talking about how they've been struggling lately. Uh, yeah, David Riddick more likely confirmed in net now, going up against the Nashville team. There's more reason not to lay a buck 45, yeah. Yeah, right. Even though he's against Carolina, I'll give him that. He was no, actually not he, bad. He, he's been playing much better than than what we've seen from him throughout his career. But with, in saying that, if he's now going upward in this trajectory, we're expecting the regression to come uh, sooner than later. And you're taking on a national team that you mentioned has had a couple of days off since the loss uh, against Vegas. And this is a spot where we saw Nashville open up as high as $1.40 yesterday. So money has come in on the Predators. Bumping this down to a dollar twenty-five. There's been a strong series history toward the print. So I like Nashville in this spot. All right, like in Nashville. I can't disagree with that. I'd probably sprinkle on Nashville too. The only reason is Nashville's a little flighty for my life. It's just you never know what you're gonna get one night to That's the true. next. But man, LA is just uh, you know, I can't trust them. And they're one and nine in their last ten games. At Riddick and Net, you know, sorrows for Nashville. I think the over I might get in on in this game as well. Overs make uh, sense. Look, 1-0 with overs with David Riddick, you know, since he's been uh, in net. We saw it with Cash, and that's why I was on it with King. You're going to give me Ronta versus Riddick. How am I not going to bet over six? And that's exactly what I did with Kings and uh, Hurricanes uh, on Martin Luther King Day. And we're getting $1.20 with the first period over. I'm about to add that in as well. This definitely does seem like it could be an, an over spot. Once again, I talked about with the Dallas-Philly game. The difference between Philly coming home, having a couple of days before getting back on the ice, and L.A., that long road trip cross-country, you had the win in the street, but then you turn right back around and play a Dallas team and end up losing that game, having no legs, and now you only have one day off in between, and you've already played like shit at home, but they've lost, what, 12 of the last 19 home games? This is a, a brutal spot for the Kings. Brutal, indeed. Uh, as far as props, uh, Gus Bus has cooled off, but Maybe, maybe I go back there. Uh, there are some changes up front. Yakov Trenin and Denis Gurionov are now on the second line with Sissons, and I think all three of those guys have some value for Nashville uh, from that second line. And for L.A., Byfield you know, on the top line. Moore's actually been one of the better, more reliable, steady offensive contributors lately. So uh, those are two you could consider for props. But I think there's value on all those second liners tonight uh, for the Nashville Predators in this game. But, yeah, that over six is calling my name now. Uh, after uh, seeing the uh, fact that Riddick is in net. All right, Rangers and Golden Knights. We've got uh, New York minus 130 road favorites, six shaded to the under uh, here in this game. Uh, Vegas has certainly had their L.A. type of swoon as well uh, here in recent games, four and six in the last 10, but they did bounce back after losses to, uh, well, they bounced back after a loss to Florida, beat the Islanders, lost to Colorado, beat Boston, Lost to Calgary, beat Nashville. But win-loss, win-loss type of deal lately for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. It's not what I'm looking for uh, as far as uh, endorsing the Golden Knights right now. Uh, Rangers coming off back-to-back home wins against the Caps and the Kraken. Now going on the road here to uh, T-Mobile Arena. A place where they won last year. In fact, they won both regular season meetings against Vegas last year during Vegas's Stanley Cup season. 
So uh, keep that in mind. They won in Vegas 5-1, uh, and then they won at home against the uh, Golden Knights 4-1 last year. So they outscored Vegas 9-2 in the two head-to-head meetings last year, uh, Rangers and uh, Golden Knights. Um, yet I'm not on the Rangers here. I lean that way, but buck 30, I don't know. Buck 30, I don't like that price. I'm just, I just don't like it enough. Okay, so I, I lean Rangers here, but not enough to get me home. Uh, to the betting window with a wager total. I mean, uh, Rangers look like a bit of an over team right now. They're scoring and, you know, night to night, you don't always get them shutting it down and you don't always get Shesterkin and or quick lately shutting it down. But then on the flip side, you look at the Vegas Golden Knights. How are you going to bet them over right now? Uh, they've been under machines to the tune of eight and two uh, in the last 10 games to the under. So it's one of those games where I'm all over the map, which means, not going to be have much on it other than maybe some props. What do you think here, Alex? Rangers, Golden Knights. So, yeah, this is a game. This is, it's kind of weird. Uh, I don't really have that great of a feel in this game. And some in my gut would say over. Uh, I can see where some like that's to see this game kind of just being a back and forth. These are two good teams, two teams that kind of realize, hey, you know, we could be seeing these teams uh, this summer if we if we got to get everything in a row. I just feel like maybe this game could get us get out of hand and be a six-five final. Uh, so I'm gonna stay off of it. This will be one I'll probably jump in and look for something live. But I don't know why. It's something's telling me that this game will be an uncharacteristic for both clubs and it just becomes pond hockey. It could Vegas. Vegas again, eight and two to the under their last ten. But uh, Rangers have been definitely trending the other way. So it's an interesting little a dynamic we have here. Uh, I'm trying to look to see what the uh, recent first period over trends have been. There was a first period over with the Calgary game. You know, I'd probably defer a little bit more toward the first period over. Yes. Uh, there you go. New York Rangers on a first game, first five game over streak in the first period. That's exactly what I was thinking, Terry, uh, in the chat that lately the Rangers first period overs have been good. And certainly more Vegas first periods have been going over than full game. Because like I said, the full game is eight and two to the under for Vegas in their last 10. So I might get in on a first period over here, Rangers and uh, Golden Knights in this one. Uh, and then as far as props go, uh, not a not a ton other than Trocheck. I like Trocheck again. Why not? He's been, and Kako. Let's go back to Kako again. Why not? He scored the other night. He's still getting a great price being on that top line for the uh, New York Rangers. And hey, he finally did do something on the top line the other night. So plus 475 for him. Uh, let's go back to that well. Capo Kako for the uh, New York Rangers on the uh, top, top line there uh, and a great price. Uh, and then for Vegas, look, their, goal, their lines are – I do want to point out there's a couple changes here. Nick Waugh's on the second line, value, with Marcia Sowen, close shave Barbashev, Nick Waugh on the second line, good value. And I like that guy. Whenever he goes up the lineup, I find he produces. And then there's two on the top line, Alex. We've got Stevenson and Dora Fiev playing on the top line tonight with Mark Stone. So there you go. There's two terrific uh, candidates for bargain bin and prop value. Pavel Dorofiev, Chandler Stevenson, both on the top line for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight with Mark Stone. Plus 350 for uh, Stevenson to get a goal, plus 150 to get an assist. And then for Dorofiev, plus 340 to get a goal tonight. So there you go. There's some really good candidates here because of the line changes on both sides as far as props. All right, Arizona-Vancouver, final game. Uh, Vancouver minus 200 home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. I mean, the only thing that uh, is wrong with Vancouver is, well, they're off a loss, 
against Columbus, right? They lost the final game of that shoot uh, of that road trip against the Jackets and shout out to Alex for having the guts to take Columbus there uh, in that game, in that spot, which he did uh, plus plus one eighty. I was on the over and I'm glad that's all I had uh, because I was tempted by Vancouver team total that would not have won, but the uh, full game over did on Martin Luther King day with Canucks and blue jackets. But that was a very long ass road trip. We know that we'll see now how they fare here uh, in this one. So, uh, definitely interesting to see how this one goes. I got the pronunciation right, Terry. Are you kidding me? I get the pronunciation right for most of these players. Dora, oh, is it Dora Feyev? I always say Dora Feyev. Maybe mm, that is it, the part I should be yeah. okay, there you go. Yeah, Dora Feyev, okay, there we I've go. I've heard both before too, though. So, yeah. but, okay. They initially said Dora Feyev when he first joined the team, but I guess he yeah. he's one of these deals where the player said, no, that's not right. You got to say that. Say it this way. Like yeah. all those years when it was Henrik Talender for years, and then all of a sudden we started calling him Henrik Talender when he was with the Buffalo Sabres, or Tony Lidman for years with Calgary. Then he goes to Buffalo, it's Tony Ludman. Remember those days way back in the day? Yeah. I'm yep. old enough to remember. Yeah. So yeah, these these players just ask for a different pronunciation whenever they feel like it. Uh, it yeah, seems. Or, or people uh, screw it up at the very beginning when they when they come over. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. That's the one thing I'll I'll say about Jarek here. Uh, you know, Jarek, uh, you always got to stay on top of those pronunciations. Use the pronunciation guide. I always say that to Jack Edwards. There's no reason I got to listen to Jack Edwards in Colorado last week saying uh, Nishushkin. Uh, for uh, for Colorado, but that's another story. Um, so Vancouver's been money in the bank off a loss, and I mean money in the bank. When is the last time, Alex, Vancouver lost two games in a row? When? Uh, explain, uh, because I'd have to go back and look, and I know for a fact off the top of my head, the Vancouver Canucks have not dropped two in a row, and it feels like an eternity. Yeah, you have to go all the way back to November 16 and November 18. That is over two months of hockey. Since that's funny, John, I will say that. I mean, I'm worried he's physically uh, got issues, but that that, that was, uh, I I get what you're saying there, John. But November 16, November 18, it's the last time Vancouver lost two in a row. Since that time, after losing to Seattle, they beat San Jose. After losing to Colorado, they beat Seattle. After losing to San Jose, they beat Anaheim. After losing to Vegas, they beat Calgary. After losing to New Jersey, they beat Minnesota. Lose to, lose to Minnesota, beat Chicago next game. Lose to Dallas, beat San Jose next game. Lose to Philly, beat Ottawa next game. Lose to St. Louis, beat New Jersey next game. And now here they are, the loss to Columbus in their last game. And here they are off a loss. I will not bet against Vancouver off a loss, but we're talking minus 200. We're talking coming back home after a long-ass seven-game road trip where this team had to play seven games in a span of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Seven games in 12 days. This will be their eighth game in 15 days. It's pretty tough. Eight games in 15 days, all with travel and now back home from this road trip. So it's a very dubious spot for Vancouver, but there's no way with the awful loss track record that I'm fading Vancouver. And I don't have, and I've lost some confidence and faith in Arizona as well. That was very disheartening the other night against a little bit of a flu-ridden Calgary team. They couldn't hang on. They lose that game 3-2 uh, the other night. We'll see if they can bounce back here in this game. Back to Connor Ingram. They're losing faith in Bemelka. Uh, Andre Tourney is. I can't blame him. Uh, Thatcher Demko in net for Vancouver. There are some injuries for uh, Arizona. You know, Barrett Hayton, Travis Boyd. Nick Schmaltz is day-to-day, so we'll see if he's able to play. Um, this is a tricky game, really is, uh, because I will not bet against Vancouver off a loss right now. But at the same time, minus 200 off a 
coming back home for the first game after a long, long road trip. That is not a great spot. So tough one. Really, really tough one. And I don't know if I trust Arizona enough. I've lost some faith in them. You know, they lose back two games to Calgary. Uh, even with Ingram in net, they found a way to lose that game. So uh, tough one. Really it is all around. It's a very, very tricky game here. The only thing I could maybe make a case for is maybe a first period over, maybe a both teams to score in the first period. Vancouver's a little dopey defensively, tired, jet-lagged off the trip, and you've got Arizona capitalizing early in the game. But is Arizona going to put a zero on the board against this good Vancouver team in the first period? I wouldn't necessarily uh, trust them to do that. So, yeah, that's what maybe I would get to in the end is a first period over and both teams combo what do you think here alex coyotes canucks well those are two of the three plays that i have i have first period over one and a half minus a dollar 35 both teams score in the first period plus 160 and i also have the draw at plus 360 over at caesars i think this is going to be a tight game talk about vancouver back home off of the long road trip but like i say can't trust arizona to put together a full 60 minute effort right now both teams need points in the standings obviously vancouver Every game is important for them to get, at least get one point. You have to stay afloat and uh, avoid Edmonton getting hot, avoid Vegas. You're trying to keep in that, that Pacific Division race. For Arizona, same deal, trying to fight and hold on to where they are standing right now in the wild card. So I could definitely see where we get some goals early. This kind of tapers off a little bit late, and we get an overtime game. So first period over one and a half, minus 135. Both teams to score in the first, plus 160, and the draw, plus 360. Absolutely. Yeah. Clayton Keller has been rolling. I, I like that. Um, you know, you could also look at Dylan Gunther again, even though he has cooled off a little bit uh, for Arizona, but he's going to be on the number one power play Kerfoot. You know, we've talked about him a little bit uh, for uh, Arizona. Don't sleep on uh, tricky Nicky Ballstead as uh, Don Cherry used to say, Nick Bukestad. He's suddenly the last, you know, he had a hat trick against Minnesota. He's got five points in the last uh, four games. So uh, Bukestad for sure. Uh, might be worth a look. And then I agree with everyone in the chat, the sentiment with Connor Garland for Vancouver facing his old team. You could definitely see him getting on the board. He did score, by the way, against Columbus uh, on MLK Day. So keep that in mind. He scored in the last game for the uh, Canucks. And uh, you're getting a pretty good price there as well. Uh, plus 310 at Bet Rivers uh, for Connor Garland to score a goal tonight. So I think that's worth a look as well. Great stuff. Great card. Shout out to everyone joining us. 325 live viewers yeah, right Ian, now. We forgot, we forgot awesome. again. Did we? It, it's not really worth talking about, but we forgot about Hawks. Bruce. Oh, shit. You know Hawks what? I, know I forgot it. It's because it's the right-in game, and they put it at the bottom yeah, of the rotation. The bottom, yeah. 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 Chicago so. Buffalo. I forgot the game that was supposed to be last night. Let's go. We're not done yet. Chicago Buffalo. Uh, we've got Buffalo minus 260 home favorites in this game. Uh, the total, of course, six and a half. Uh, or actually, it's down to six, uh, this total, uh, not six and a half. I think betters are, even though Buffalo, this is a low total for Buffalo, the way Chicago's playing right now, you could say it might be a high total for them uh, because they're playing that Katie bar the door hockey right now with all the injuries up front. And we'll see if they can uh, somehow overcome these injuries and find a way to um, score some goals, first of all. They were able, well, they scored one goal again uh, against San Jose. It was a two to one win, but only because of the shootout. Uh, the other night against the uh, Sharks. But uh, you look at this matchup tonight, um, Chicago and Buffalo. Uh, Uko Pekalukanen confirmed in net for the Sabres. He was going to start last night. We're not sure about Chicago. We knew we were going to see Arvid Soderblom last night uh, against uh, Buffalo if the game were last night. Now we're not so sure. Uh, now we might see Morozik. But again, maybe we will see Soderblom tonight because Chicago's back home against the Islanders. This is now the front end 
uh, of a back-to-back because this game's been rescheduled to tonight. So maybe we will still see Soderblom in net. If Soderblom's in net, I'm on the Sabres team total over. No questions asked. That is what we're looking at here in this game, no doubt. And then I don't have to worry about this crap-ass offense that the Blackhawks are bringing to the table either. Just get me my four goals, Buffalo, and get get the job done and no worries. That's what I'm looking at here. And I haven't bet it yet because I'm waiting on the Soderblom confirmation. If it's Morozik, I maybe pump the brakes uh, a little bit on Buffalo team total over. But I'm certainly going to pull the trigger on it if it's indeed a Soderblom confirmation by opening puck drop. And the price is pretty reasonable. Minus 118 right now at Pinnacle for Buffalo team total over three and a half uh, in this game. That's what I've got my eye on. That. That's what I'll be betting here if we get the right confirmation. They are banged up. Samuelson on the blue line. Cousins is out for this game. Skinner. Jeff Skinner's out too. It's going to be some lineup shakeups for Buffalo tonight, but you've still got. I love Zach Benson tonight. Zach Benson with Thompson and Tuck on the top line is a great value. This guy who scored one of the prettiest first ever NHL goals you'll ever see against Washington. Uh, he's talented. He can finish. He's got a good shot. He's plus. 325 to score tonight, playing with Thompson and Tuck on the top line. Uh, Zemgus Gjergensen has been moved up to the second line with Casey Middlestat and the mighty Quinn, uh, Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn's probably worth a look, Paterka as well. But I'll throw, just because he's up there and he never ever plays on a top six forward, he hasn't played in a top six forward role for years, Zemgus Gjergensen. But finally, it looks like he's going to be up on the second line tonight. And because he is, I'm going to take plus 600 for him to score a goal tonight. There's some really good value here. Benson on the top line, Gergensen uh, on the second line uh, for Buffalo tonight. So some good value there. I wouldn't touch Chicago props because nobody can put the puck in the ocean for them uh, right now. And you think maybe Buffalo's D and Lukanen, they could, but I don't know. They made uh, San Jose's defense and uh, they made San Jose's defense look like uh, the 90s Devils uh, the other night in Chicago. And they made uh, Blackwood, or sorry, Kockinen, I should say, uh, look like Marty Brodeur. So that tells you all you need to know about the state of Chicago's offense right now without Beauvillier, without Athenasiou, Bedard, Felino, Hall, Tyler Johnson. Uh, go on down the list of everyone that's out for them right now. So again, nothing yet, but if we get the right info on the goalie situation, it'll be Buffalo team total over three and a half, minus 118 for me. Alex, what do you think here? The makeup game, Chicago-Buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like I said, it's all predicated on who started in net for the Hawks. If it is Morazic, I love the draw here in this spot. Uh, we're looking at, you know, four of the last six meetings uh, have gone, uh, you know, oh, sorry, three of the last five have gone past regulation. If it's Soderblom, I read that with your team total over uh, three and a half, and you have to grab it as soon as you can because that number will move if it is confirmed. But I'll be going over three and a half with the team total on the Sabres, and I'll also be going Sabres first period puck line. Grabbing that and anything in a plus price. So I'm seeing it varying between minus a dollar five to plus one ten right now. I'll try to grab something small at a plus price on the first period puck line with the Sabres. That is predicated on if Arvid Soderblom starts opposed to Peter Morazzo. All right, there we go. Uh, good stuff. So basically different paths for both of us, depending on who's going to be in net here for uh, Chicago. Uh, there we go. Now we've wrapped up the card. Shout out to everyone at the like button, patreon.com slash ice guys. Make sure you sign up $10 per month. Uh, all the exclusive content there, daily sides, totals, player props, uh, ex- and of course our goalie charts, totals charts, and more. We're going to have our exclusive live betcast for Patreon members only later here in the month of January. It's coming up, so make sure you don't miss that. And we are looking forward to it. So make sure you sign up, get involved. We've got more signups the last few days, which is great to see. Get on board. 
Uh, it's there to help you win and make money. Uh, and for the, and it's great for those of you that can't watch and listen to the show each and every day. You'll get all the picks. You'll get all the plays there every day posted on the uh, page. So patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Uh, and again, uh, make sure uh, you sign up because the money you commit with the uh, Patreon subscription helps keep this show rolling. So patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. And again, check out the ice guys store as well. Grab some merch over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. I mean, it's freezing cold for like pretty much most of North America has been for the last week. Good time to get you a new hoodie. So check out iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got all the merch. We've got the classic logo stuff. We've got the draw season stuff, everything there. We've got, uh, Ian, you've been seeing these people freaking out about these damn Stanley mugs. I don't, I don't know what that whole trend's all about, but we got, we got drinking mugs available too at the Ice Guys store. If you want, you don't have to wait in line. You don't have to pay a hundred something dollars for them, like twenty six bucks. So check out iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, no doubt. I've, I've seen them, and uh, like I said, I think it's, uh, uh, they're trying to make it a ha ha, the Stanley Cup, you know, kind of thing, yeah. like the uh, hockey yeah. thing. They think they're being funny, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a little, a little lame. If you ask me what they're doing with that lame with a capital L there's uh, not ours. Ours are, yeah. ours are awesome. So yeah. yeah, ours are great. Yeah. But the actual thing that's called Stanley <laughs> cup, I mean, come on, yeah. don't you dare try to, you know, come up with a name, you know, you're, you're soiling the, the greatest trophy in all of professional sports with shit like that. Uh, anyway, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Alex passed. I know someone on the chat yesterday said, Alex, you can't uh, pass on the bar. Well, sometimes you can if you can't find anything. But uh, Alex, what do you got tonight? Bargain bin special. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly can because, you know, we do the show. We can kind of do whatever we want here. So uh, that being said, I like a bargain bin special tonight. I'm going with Luke Evangelista, uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, he's on the power play line, the third line. He's a guy who, you know, hasn't been coming through just in a big time way, but I feel like he could step up in this game tonight. You know, we see teams coming back home off of a road trip. And like I said, you know, you used to see them kind of not playing their best. They lose a the game. It's not always just a superstar that's usually kicking their ass. It's always those bottom line guys that find ways to get those tough goals. You know, it seems like it's a back and forth game. And all of a sudden, who the hell is this guy finding a, uh, a goal to give his team a lead? That might be Luke Evangelista tonight. And I'm taking a shot with him. Uh, got him at plus 500 at BetMGM, anytime goal scorer. For the Nashville Predators, Luke Evangelista is my bargainman special tonight. All right, Luke Evangelista for the uh, Nashville Predators, a bargain bin special uh, of the night uh, for Alex B. Smith. And you can get it at a really good price as well with uh, Evangelista. Uh, and again, power play time. Uh, and you can get him upwards of plus 500, you know, at Sports Interaction. So uh, really good price there. Uh, for my bargain bin special tonight, you know, I'm going to go back to someone that scored the other night for the New York Rangers, Capo uh, Caco. I'm going back to that well. I mean, top line, I thought, you know, noticeable uh, in Vegas tonight. Uh, we'll see if he can keep it rolling. But uh, the price being offered plus 475 at BetMGM, that is definitely bargain bin worthy. Capo uh, Caco, New York Rangers, plus 475. Uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. Honorable mention to Zach Benson, who I almost used uh, as bargain bin special. Plus three, the price just wasn't as good though, plus 325. But he is on the top line tonight with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So that was a consideration as well for me. All right, best bets. We cashed uh, the best bet for me last night, Alex Lyon. Uh, Detroit Red Wings over 30 and a half saves. See if we got an encore in mind. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to head out to Hollywood tonight. I like Nashville, Los Angeles, 
first period over one and a half minus a dollar twenty. Uh, I think we're going to see, like I said, kind of a sluggish start from the Kings here getting back home. Nashville has played this team well, and I think we get some goals early, and that's a fairly cheap price. So we'll go Preds Kings over one and a half in the first period. Minus $1.20, that's my best bet here. All right, Nashville, Los Angeles over one and a half first period for Alex B. Smith. And my best bet, the obvious best bet, at least for me on this card, Montreal, Ottawa over six and a half minus 140. Got to lay some juice, but goals, goals, goals in the nation's capital of Canada tonight. Habs sends over six and a half, uh, my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We're back for a Beantown Friday edition tomorrow of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 